0: week's high ground podcast this one is gonna be special uh i actually had other plans for this week but i saw a rant so good that i pushed back my previous plans so we can talk about these awesome characters you'll be able to blame uh stardust m for that who will, will be on this episode um but yeah we are going to be diving into the characters that may not get the same amount of grace and, and nuance afforded to them that uh others get that was a fascinating topic and wanted to discuss it right here on the high ground hello and welcome everyone thank you for joining me on the high ground podcast um i'm i'm excited because i believe everyone here has not been on high ground before um, I did speak with uh, M before on dyad in the forest a couple weeks ago and that was a treat um, so I'm excited it's always fun to, to talk to new creators especially ones that I've been following all of you for a very long time but I want to start out by kind of going around and have y'all introduce you know um, who you are where we can find your awesome content. And um, I can't recall my icebreaker question. I'm trying to pull it up right now, and I clicked on the wrong links. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Who's the coolest underrated character? Um, And try to be actually underrated, um, you know? But yeah, character no one talks about or thinks about, and they're just special to you for one reason or another. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Nathan first.
1: Hey y'all, I'm Nathan, I'm at The Favoring Wind on TikTok, and uh, I, I think my go-to underrated character is The Shadow, uh, whose poster's behind me. Um, I like pulp heroes a lot. I feel like in the renaissance of superhero media, pulp characters tend to fall by the wayside a lot, um, and uh, I'm, I'm a big advocate of my, pulp, uh, my pulp-masked vigilantes and The Shadow's at the top of the list.
0: The nice. Shadow. Interesting, Interesting. choice. Uh, nice. The, uh, you know, him and uh, Zorro had a baby and it was Batman. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Two proud fathers. Uh, how about you, Em?
2: Uh, hi, uh, I'm Emily. Uh, you can find me on TikTok at StardustM or on Twitter at underscore StardustM. Uh, I think in Star Wars, at least I'll say Bodhi Rook. Um, I I love that man so much, and he did kind of save everything. <laughs> um, and I feel like nobody really gives him the appreciation that he deserves, and we're not giving nearly enough hype to Riz Ahmed's performance of him. Really amazing. Um, he's my favorite. <laughs> All
0: right. No, that's that's a good choice. Would like to find out more about him and like. Imperial piloting skills and stuff like that. Cause you know, you know, he, that's, there's gotta be a backstory there. Um,
2: yeah. Also, kind I think of about
0: Borgullet and it just grosses <laughs> me out. Sorry, go, go, what were we gonna say? There's a, uh,
2: I was gonna say, I, I think it's implied kind of that he's not that good of a pilot. or like he, He's a good pilot, but like, he wasn't good enough to be like a Thai fighter. He says that. Um, so that's why part of the reason he was like a cargo pilot My friend, I have a mutual on Twitter who is obsessed with uh, Borgullet and they recently sent me Borgullet will know the truth stickers.
0: That's uh, deeply uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) uh, How about you, Akula? Uh,
3: What's going on? I am uh, Inquisitor Akula. You can find me on inquisitor underscore Akula on TikTok. Uh, That is where I reside. Um, I think I have two underrated characters uh i would go and i would say underrated because everybody loves the old republic cinematic trailers but like i don't think anybody does their homework on the lore i love uh arcane and thaxon uh because a lot of people don't know that uh, i'm a twin um i did not know that and my relationship with my sister is very similar as uh our dad really played us against each other a lot um it's kind of weird. We had that 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 kind of triangle relationship, very similar to the brothers. So I, I think they're underrated as uh, their relationship is not really talked about a lot.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I can. I don't have a twin. I can kind of relate to that with my sister. But um, oh, it's cool to hear. And uh, uh, how about you, Natasha? Um.
4: Yeah. Um. Such a good question. I'm also gonna go with two characters kind of Um, I'm going to go with Rose and Paige Tico. Um, I adore them so much and I just feel like it's been such a disservice not to be able to like know more about the history of those two characters. And I think for me in particular um, also having a sister um, like I just really love um, stories about siblings and you know it would be really nice to explore a sibling relationship outside of the Skywalkers at some point. Um yes. so like <laughs> so uh so yeah, that would be that would be my pick for sure. Awesome. Oh, and you can find me um uh on TikTok at NMnap and then Twitter uh Nnapper.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, I, I am going to, y'all know who I am if, if you're here, probably, I hope. Um, for my underrated character, uh, out of Star Wars, I'm going to say Sideways because there's a DC hero called Sideways. He teleports, I, goes through dimensions, super cool, no one ever talks about.
3: Nobody ever talks about He just,
0: about like, just disappeared at, like... That the hell sideways was cool. Um, like I think sideways and damage came out at the same time, and I don't care about damage, anyways. Look up sideways, and uh, for Star Wars, I am gonna have to go with. I mean, can y'all hear that craziness
3: going on upstairs? Can y'all hear that in my house?
0: Uh, no, I can't. Good, (laughs) (laughs) um. The character is getting a lot of love now, and I didn't. But I didn't realize how cool they were. With Sabe, um, mm-hmm. Sabe is a is a queen, and yeah, we, we stand we stand Sabe here. Um, but awesome. All right, let's, let's kind of jump into it. So uh, first thing I'm gonna I gotta ask is like. All of you guys have made content where you talk about like the subtleties behind characters or you know, just different things that, that people tend not to pick up on. And so that makes me curious on what types of stories like draw you guys are drawn to and why. I think that um I don't know, it'd be interesting. Yeah, what what do you think, um? Em?
2: I mean, I I was a really big fan of dystopian fiction when I was a teenager, so I think in that case, I'm usually drawn to, I mean, stories about like the underdog and you know fighting a government. Um, so in that case, I I really love stories that center the rebellion, um, especially stories that center in Star Wars: The Rebellion with non-force sensitive characters, um, and getting to see how they are just as important to the galaxy and how they you know, contribute just as much to fighting the Empire as, say, someone like Luke or Kanan or Ezra. Um, and I like also exploring, like, the the darker side of that, like, the more kind of realistic side of, like, you know, the sacrifices made, the, the bad things that people have to do when you're kind of up against this horrible fascist government that doesn't really have any uh, issues with, you know, Killing people, slavery, stuff like that. Um, so that's that's kind of what I'm drawn to in Star Wars.
0: Okay, and I like it, and, and it doesn't have to be just Star Wars, just okay. in, in general. Oh. Um, what type of stories like really draw you? But uh, how about you, uh, Akula?
3: uh I I would have to agree. Like I <laughs> I wish I had like a a more separate answer, but that's per that she framed that perfectly, right? I like I like the political undertones the heavy political undertones um even some of the you know the the dichotomies that we deal with with good and evil i love i love how star wars framed a lot of those like kind of served a lot of those on a a silver platter um yeah the comparisons to a lot of our social climate today like even being found in stories 30 years old in star wars so yeah yeah i think i think i love the science fiction element like i love the Characteristic space element but as well as the fact that a lot of it kind of kind of circulating it in, in in the storytelling of star wars so yeah i agree with Emma.
0: yeah especially like you can just sit with these stories and just kind of kind of chew on them and they, they mean so much more reading them at different times i always talk about reading the book lay of bloodlines for the second time uh, in 2020 and it was it was too apt like it was scarily apt yeah. <laughs> um real quick i want to do some some shout outs in the chat and I'll, I'll i'll bring the bring the chat up and it'll it'll fill up but i had um for the underrated characters and rodina also says the ticos page and rose Agreed. um fern in the chat the mod guy with the long coat uh are we talking about our our spinny boy our, our twisty <laughs> we because we, we we stand him as well um Bodhi uh, Amber also agrees with that. We got uh, Escape Rally Films moving away from my boy Zane, um, Aaron Lener, and uh, Malgus. Malgus. made it out loud. Oh, that's that's true. i totally forgot about. It's a throwback to the book um, Deceived. Been a minute since I read that one, but a good one um uh, oh that's a question about um other than the twins and clone wars and skywalkers yeah it's a question about tiplar and tip lee i don't know about any other siblings though um that's a good question i don't the know I were,
2: uh trek and what are their names
0: in the high republic
2: yeah oh, the two yeah. jedi yeah I hate- Pre- and- oh oh
0: oh, Tarek and Seret.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> That's true. That is true. Yeah. Um, our, our non-binary guys people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why I said guy, I use guys gender neutrally. I but I, I apologize. Um awesome. oh, okay. And uh I kind of shuffled my screen around, but uh, Natasha
4: um yeah i, I think I, I i agree a bit with what folks have already said but um one thing is i'm really interested in stories that are rooted in um mutual aid care and people who are taking care of each other um and um to be honest i kind of get a little exhausted with like anti-hero stories after a while and i really enjoy seeing stories of people that just genuinely have just like empathy for the people around them and just like are um centering um kind of like building like found families which is also like such the basis of star wars star wars is such a like found family space which is what um draws me um to this fandom and to this work um but yeah i think when it's why a character like rose tico is so important to me like a character that is rooted in there are ways to move together and fight that aren't always rooted in violence all of the time, and um, being able to find those ways um, and to just find peace inside of the chaos. Um, I love stories that like, also just center on like building connections with people um, in difficult times. So um, yeah, just the way that things don't always have to be, um, war does not always have to mean loss. The And it, it doesn't always have to be sacrifice all of the time. Sometimes people can just survive and be, and, and find these like beautiful connections together. And yeah, I like finding those sort of nuggets and stories.
0: Ooh, I like that a lot. Really um, and as as Fran says, yeah, stories of care and empathy are key. Edginess can get exhausting, um, yeah. and I, I find, you know, f- for me, it's something uh, like Daniel Jose Older said said to us um, in our interview. It's like a, a good writer tells the truth. Like that's that's what you're what you're writing, and for me, that appeals to me. So I love things that have those truths but told in a unique fashion or a unique Mm. medium um one of my favorite films of all time eternal sunshine of the spotless mind is is you know it is a sci-fi-ish movie but it's like what are we without our memories and are we doomed to to repeat Mm. and eh. And it touches on so many different things but just in such a unique way that's also why i love the last jedi so much is you know and i i hear this this take of you know i wish i could have seen luke skywalker just crushing walkers and like that's so lame to me <laughs> i don't i don't know how how to say it I, I-
1: I love that comparison cuz yeah the what Last Jedi and Eternal Sunshine have in common for these like very genre heavy concepts that they are and stories that they are they're both very vulnerably human movies. And yeah no that's just I I would have never thought to make that comparison that's a, that's very apt.
0: Yeah, I mean for for me I've I grew up in this um i've I've talked about it here before but like the area i grew up actually had a lot of like white supremacists and stuff (laughs) and so i've i've always had to be physically strong enough that i could throw down if need be at any point in time but like living life on edge sucks and you end up um you know just I, I just i prefer empathy and talking to people and understanding so much more and i just lack that idealized version of of violence it's not it happens but it's not the point um and so yeah that's why i'm strong to like star wars and stuff is as, as well you know luke and empire luke and return of the jedi wins by stopping and throwing down his weapon and that's just like magical to me you know Mm -hmm. uh but yeah how are you nathan
1: uh i was actually thinking about this for writing reasons recently that my what attracts me in stories can (laughs) mostly be brought down to um does it sound like a character in hey arnold is telling it um (laughs) Like a lot of my <laughs> storytelling preferences come from like the grandfather and Gerald <laughs> in Hey Arnold. Uh, but the other one being, uh, I moved around a lot as a little kid. And so I like always attached to stories where a character is isolated, but looking for a home and like looking for where they belong. And like, I mean, Ray Skywalker immediately became one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. Just immediately. I was like, "Oh, I, I get this person. I get them immediately, and I feel like their story is being told fantastically."
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. All right, which brings us to the next question: Is nuance dead? Did the internet kill it? Did TikTok kill it? What <laughs> happened? Know. Where did we go wrong?
3: <laughs> I think I think expectations killed it. I think. Ooh, I, I think we all, no matter what side, especially I, I won't. I want to say the expectations for the sequel trilogy killed it I think I, I think everybody wanted something everybody wanted something different when they heard of a sequel trilogy coming to Star Wars and I think people who were Anakin stands that would forgive him for anything wanted to see uh, another Anakin on screen with Rey and they didn't get that I think I think people who maybe wanted uh, a new and fresh telling of Star Wars that wasn't kind of a copy, carbon copy of the original trilogy, maybe, I, I think expectations killed nuance. That's a good way to put
1: it. I, I, I think that there's, there was a desire from a lot of the fandom, and then I think to an extent from filmmakers as well, um and has been in, not this is just not just a Star Wars thing. It's like a Marvel, a DC, and everything to please everyone. Mm. And sometimes in the desire to like, oh, you know, this group can't be pleased. It's like, hey, maybe that group would have been happy three years from now after sitting on it and thinking about things again. But also, no one, not everybody, needs to be happy. Some some people can say, oh, this thing's not for me. I I'm I'm gonna move on to the next thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Um. But yeah. Yeah. I can see that as well. How about uh, how about y'all, Aaron, uh, Natasha. Um, I don't
4: know. Go, 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 you do go. Go. Okay, yeah. Okay, I will just go really quick. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I feel like I'm of two minds of this, and I think it's because I am. Um, uh, I'm gonna be honest and be like, I don't know everybody's ages here in this group. I say that because I just remember. I have very clear memories of when the prequels came out and how people reacted to that movie or those movies. Um, and oh man, ooh, making me feel real old right now. <laughs> um, but I, I have a very clear. Okay, note.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> oh yeah.
4: So when the when the sequel movies came out, to be honest, I was just like um i don't know this just this feels like it's just happening again um but it it felt more intense because there are there's more access to different platforms for people to be able to be loud Um, of course um so yeah i i don't know if things have like changed so drastically i just think that there's uh there's just more opportunity for the loudest subset of, like, the toxic side of the fandom to be able to say the things that are, like, um, Agreed. bothering them. Um,
0: yeah.
4: And, like, I guess also, just, like, a, my, a, another just kind of quick thought I have is um before the sequels came out and I really engaged more on like Twitter and Reddit in terms of Star Wars like fandom stuff most of my engagement was um people that I like met at cons and like just like my in-person circle of folks and I didn't even know that the fandom had this issue until I got on Reddit and I was like Wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole thing going on here. Um, So, yeah, I I guess I don't really know if I have, like, a fully formed idea, but, like, it's weird.
3: (laughs) I found fascism Reddit for Star Wars. I didn't know that was a thing. I it's didn't what? know that.
1: I imagined. I imagined that was all that Star Wars Reddit was. <laughs> <laughs> you described Star Wars Reddit. I'd be like, ah, oh, some of those shapes aren't allowed on TV. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> that um, was me, a scary rabbit hole to fall into. Oh, my God. Spe- I mean, speaking of, of which, I feel like... Um, I think like like Star Wars helps us you know kind of make sense of the world around us or at least it did growing up and I see I feel like specifically during the sequels coming out which a lot of the complaints are identical word for word the same thing people said about the prequels literally word for, for word right. um and it's it, it's creepy but there is also this thing where I'm seeing people's personal politics become wrapped up and like outside stuff. So like had the Me Too movement not been happening the same time The Last Jedi came out, I feel pretty confident like responses to certain things. Might have been different, you know. Nah, Might, they would have um... still
3: called her Mary Sue. They would have still been calling her Mary Sue. They were looking. For, that group was looking for that opportunity. They were. They were waiting for that opportunity. A heroine? Oh my God! What a woman! They were waiting. This they is were true?
1: Waiting. I. I think the you. hate that. Is more amplified by Me Too and Last Jedi is towards Haldo. Because yeah. I remember when oh, yeah. Last Jedi came out, and a lot of people were like, well, This character is not in the right. This character's, it's just, this is a women in power. Give me thing. It all felt like people were funneling their frustration about Me Too and Weinstein onto, you know, Haldo must be an she's, overcorrection for that, even though it was, she's
2: a purple haired feminist. Literally. Which you love. what you love. That's what the you love. I, I, I am a purple, you can't see it, but I am a purple-haired the, <laughs> <haired>. <laughs> the world needs more of you. Um, <laughs> well, I thought like, that's interesting, too, because I feel like that conversation, when you're talking about people's personal politics, comes in so often with the Jedi Order. A big reason that I, mm. I would say that I'm not as interested in the Jedi Order, a lot of it is, like, my own personal feelings on, like, my religion and like my with specifically like i know people apply a lot of their kind of western um religion stuff onto the jedi order like i was i was catholic so yeah like some of that stuff sticks out to me and i think that's where like with that you lose some of the nuance because people are projecting the their own feelings onto that and not as, realizing- as soon
0: as I you cosplaying as daredevil i i was like yeah i
2: I understand <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and like, that's a big reason, like I have an issue with the High Republic has kind of like changed that, but the High Republic's also a very different Jedi order than the one we see in the prequels. Um, but yeah, like I think, and it's funny because I, the sequels were my Star Wars. Like that was the Force Awakens was the first one that I saw. So I really, really like I. Oh, wow. Been... You
3: had a completely fresh.
2: Yeah, like, the the sequels, Rogue One, Solo, is really, like, what I consider, like, my era of Star Wars. So I feel like I have, like, and, like, some of the other people who I know that were introduced to Star Wars through the sequels, like, I spend quite a bit of time, like, talking about the nuances of them and the other, like, anthology movies and stuff. And, yeah, it is interesting to see, like, people who, yeah, with the prequels, like, people saying, like, oh, like, uh or watching how long it took for people to add that nuance to the prequels and now i'm Mm -hmm. waiting to see how long it will for the sequels um i feel like people most people just say it's till another trilogy comes out uh but it's it's interesting to see that like when depending i think i honestly think depending on when you come into star wars or what you come into star wars on and if that if you like it then that's what you're gonna kind of apply the most like nuance to because you're That is kind of like your Star Wars, Um, and I mean, I think that's. I and I think that happens a lot with like, you know, people who came in on the Clone Wars when they were a kid. Like that was their first Star Wars, and how much they love that show, and how much people dissect that and the different arcs and the different characters, even all these years later
1: you said something that was really fascinating to me where you were you, you mentioned how like oh you know how long is it going to be until people defend the sequels Probably to another trilogy comes out and it makes me realize like a lot of what we defend is comparative we don't i mean people learn that they are defensive of something when suddenly there's something to compare it to that they want to protect it for so like a lot of the vocally pro prequel crowd um, or, not, yeah, pro-prequel crowd wasn't as vocal until suddenly it's like, well, you know, the prequels were better than this. Oh, I like right. the prequels in comparison. Uh, so that's that, that's a fascinating point.
0: I mean, I was ridiculed into the ground for liking the prequels, um, so... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I felt People like... were in
4: the trenches defending the prequels <laughs> every
0: day. <laughs> but you know what's funny, though? and i'm not someone that if i don't like something i spend all my time talking about it but i didn't watch the Clone wars for years because i i, I didn't like i didn't like the movie and i didn't like the art design i thought everyone was too tall and too angular <laughs> And I, then, like, and then Rebels know. comes out, and people are like, "Oh, I can't get into the art." And I'm like, "Did I sound like this?" God, I hate me. What <laughs> <laughs> a <little> douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it just it's cyclical, and it's it's hilarious to me.
1: Um, I I want to ask, by the way, M and anybody else who had an experience of coming into Star Wars and later, because uh, I I found Star Wars at the same time as a pacifier like there's no memory of life without star wars in in my brain um I, i as even though it's an early memory i remember when the first special edition vhs's came out so like what is the experience of finding for anyone who can answer this finding something you like and then discovering that there are a bunch of people telling you not to like it or that you're wrong about having discovered this thing is good like, that that sounds so bizarre to me.
2: It's, I, I mean, yeah, like, because I deal with it a lot, and I've noticed that a lot of people, um, it's, in my comments, I get the kind of, well, like, if you were a fan then, or, like, you're a newer fan, so, like, whatever. Um, but, like, honestly, because, like, I watched it, and I didn't really become immersed in the Star Wars fandom until I, like, quarantine, um, mm. so that's also what it is, like, I saw kind of the online discussion and, like, general, like, public reaction to things like The Last Jedi and, um, you know, Solo and stuff like that, but I wasn't in the fandom, um, and then when I got in the fandom, I was kind of just so, like, set and, like, oh, I like The Force, first- like, The Force Awakens is my favorite Star Wars movie and I like this, so, like, um, I just was kind of, like, oh, whatever, I don't really care but it, it is a weird experience having people kind of constantly invalidate my opinion because mm. they think that because of when i came in or the fact that i you know everyone has their biases i'll admit like i am biased towards like the, the probably the films that came out um then because they were my first and i the, the, a lot of memories attached to them but like yeah i just like it's weird to to get that and to, and to act like I don't know Star Wars as well, just because of right, uh, so. that. Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not a real fan. But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I've learned to ignore it for the most part. Uh, <laughs> just kind of be like, yeah, okay, whatever. The block button is free <laughs> <laughs> for some people on that page, so. <laughs> well, I didn't the, even
0: the realize thing
2: there
3: find- was hate for like Star Wars like like for the for the uh, the Phantom Menace came out when I was eight years old and I was head over heels for it but I was in an environment where you couldn't say out loud that you liked Star Wars because you would have gotten bullied for that or you know what I mean I probably would have got put in the locker or something silly right so my love for Star Wars went like undercover for years so I didn't really find out there was a hate for the prequel trilogy until I had a social media presence like until i got active on tiktok i had no idea that people hated the prequels but by that time the sequels were out and people were just loud and ranting about it so i was like oh my god if this has all been going on this whole time this it was like it was a shock to my system i was like okay
0: okay <laughs> well uh with uh, with what you were saying em, I, one of the things i find is really funny about that part that conversation about like because i've gotten oh your favorite the last jedi you must be a new fan and i'm like well, <laughs> uh, you know, it makes I feel like Captain America for a second. Like uh, before we get started, does anyone want to get off? No? All right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but to me, that actually works the opposite. I think that if you are brand new and you watch all of it and it all works together, that means it all works together, and it's. You sitting with and making 20 years of headcanon, that is the impediment. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's yeah. the exact opposite. But uh, I don't know. Who am I? I agree. Yeah. Um But yeah, I mean, so to, to jump into like the, the meat of it, there are certain characters that just just don't get, you know, I've been in, in the trenches with this with Mace Windu for a long time um specific actually no I, I made a tweet um and I, I got some like personal hate from like people dm'd me like what was this about um i made a tweet and i said uh pong Krell walked so that anakin could run <laughs> 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 and you're
4: oh, a brave man
0: um because <laughs> because you know Pongkrell is like one of the most hated characters in star wars but everything that Pongrel did and Anakin did but worse. Every <laughs> everything. And people were like, oh well he didn't care about the clones. It was like when Anakin became Vader, he would just merc stormtroopers for no reason. He like, killed he most of the Inquisitors. Literally, <laughs> they were on his side. He was training them and just chopped off one of those legs. And he's like, ah, you should have been quicker. <laughs> and then like, walks off. And you're like, Jesus Christ. You know, uh, I, every, every, in, in Pongra, like, I'm doing this so that I can join Count Dooku. And then, like, I don't know, all the things are, are there. And it's just fascinating that it's it just can't can't be seen. Uh, so, am when you made that post, it really resonated with me. So, I like you you to kick it off. If there's um, a character that you want to start with that just doesn't get the, the nuance, and we'll, we'll all jump in on it. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll yeah,
2: I guess I guess probably not surprising. Um, I guess I'll start with Saw Gerrera. I I was definitely one of those people who I kind of just. A little bit took part in that Sagarera slander. And, but after, you know, immersing myself more in his story, I just realized that, like, he doesn't ever get the nuance that he deserves. And this is both from the story and from fans, to be fair. The story really loves to villainize Sagarera. <laughs> they love to make Sagarera their rebel villain. Yeah. um When, in my opinion, I have wide opinions that probably like had to do with like political theory and like this idea that I won't get too heavy in, but there was Frantz Fanon's idea that to get out of, uh, the colonizer can, colonized using violence against the colonizer is sometimes nece- is necessary to get out from under them. And I 100%. think if you look at sagarera through that lens, his character makes so much sense. Um, and I think people just, I think I said this in the video I made, people don't take into account the trauma that he's suppressed. You know, Anakin, we talk about so much how Shmi died and that affected him so much. Saw watched his sister die right in front of him. How do you think that affected him and his actions? Saw has been, spent years of his life fighting a fascist government and that has taken a toll on him physically we see. So imagine if he physically looks like that, what his um, mental and emotional state is like, and like, you know, why he is so paranoid and why he is so defensive and, you know, willing to maybe sacrifice more than the rest of the Alliance. Um, And I think it's unfortunate that maybe the most nuance that Saw Gerrera is given is in Rebel Rising, which I love, and I love that book. And I feel like, um, especially viewing Saw through this lens of, his relationship with Jin really helps, even if it is flawed and he is not the best father. Um, But most people just aren't going to get that because it's a young adult book from 2017 that you can really even really find in like bookstores anymore. Um, And you just don't, I feel, get the same impact as reading it on Wikipedia. Um, And I just feel like, you know, part of that is like, i just it's frustrating to me how people do not view saw how how often how the story almost intentionally tries to draw parallels between vader and saw and yet vader gets all the nuance and saw doesn't uh from why do you you believe
3: that what do you what do you believe the source of that difference is why do people find that
2: his skin. I think it's because he's, um, he's black. I think yeah. it's because he's black. I think he's the black extremist uh, and they put him against often Mon Mothma, who is this like nice white lady. Um, <laughs> so, and, and I think that is the, the difference. I think that's the big, the big difference. Um, and once again, I think the story also really does that. I don't know if there has been <laughs> of a Black person who has written Saw Gerrera's character. And I can't help but think how how different he would be if that was allowed to happen. And also, just to be fair, if we got a story through his point of view, we never see Saw Gerrera through his own perspective. It's only through other people. It's through other lenses of other stories. And we've never really gotten into Saw Gerrera's head head to, to say, you know, who who is he? Why? What does he believe? Does he view himself in a certain way? Does he think sometimes he goes too far? Whatever. And also like I and it's like I get it. you don't have to like soccer I get it, no. and I get his story is also hard to consume because it's split up against like ten different forms of media, and he pops up everywhere, um, but he is given like five minutes of screen time and then he gets rushes off. Um, but like. Sorry. So that makes it hard to consume, and I think hard to really get his... And we also have big chunks of his narrative missing. There's a big chunk of his his story missing between him... Like, I think it's Jedi Fallen Order and him saving Jin and Bad Batch. There's a chunk of it missing between him leaving Jin and where we see him in Rebels, that I think would be very impactful to his story. Mm. And especially in what ends up being his kind of fall into paranoia um mm-hmm. and kind of what he's had to deal with but yeah and i mean i like i said i used to really participate in the soft slander and i still don't love how he abandoned jin because i feel like that was real bad but even there i understand the nuances of it i understand what he means when he was saying he was trying to protect her and i understand why he ended up choosing the cause over her um because you know yeah she is just one Girl in Saw is trying to take down a huge government, um, but I don't think that you not liking a character means that you can just ignore all of the nuance that they have and all of the elements that make up their character and the things that happen to their character that make them make the decisions they do.
1: We are
3: especially when you worship other characters for some of the same things if not worse things yes. worse
1: things Worse things. it's an evident. it's evidence of patriarchal white supremacy that white men white male characters are defended for doing things that are straight up supposed to be villain arc material while yes. the sympathetic characters who are women or people of color get no benefit of the doubt even though they're supposed to be a sympathetic character in that moment there is nothing supposed to be sympathetic about Anakin, when he slaughters the the uh, sand people in Attack of the Clones, we're supposed to be on Padme's <laughs> side, experiencing shock and horror. Like, oh my god, what he done? Who am I? I was sleeping in the with? trenches.
3: Right, Social can confirm. I was in the trenches when I put up that post about my Anakin slander. They were coming out of the woodworks. Anakin but he lost man. his mother. But but what would you do? What do you it's, mean? I wouldn't like, slaughter an entire village. <laughs> I was. I
2: had a. I had a comment conversation with someone one time about Saw, and they were like, well, Saw, we see him like being mean or hurting characters that we like are heroes. And I, I think they were in the context of Rebels and right. um, Sabine and the Ghost Crew, and I was like, hey, uh, do you remember when Vader for- tortured Leia and then held her while her planet was blown up and she lost everyone she ever known or loved, when he cut off Luke's hand and then he froze Leia's, the love of Leia's life in carbonite? like." What is, so if, <laughs> keep the same energy, is my thing. It's like, if, <laughs> if that's your criticism of Saw Gerrera, where is that for Anakin and Vader? Is that who, energy. And they basically tried to write it off and they were like, and I like said, I was like, you know, in Bloodlines, we learned that like Leia still was like lasting trauma from that. Yeah. And they just kind of yes. brushed that off. And I was like, no, you don't, if you're gonna sit here and say that Saw Gerrera is bad because he was mean to Sabine and Ezra, i want you to look me in the eye and tell me that vader is fine
1: it's the impossible ethical standards of patriarchal white supremacy it's it you have to be perfect you uh any minority character you gotta be completely perfect can't mistreat anybody don't hurt a fly but the uh, i can't help but identify with this white guy who has no self-control it, I'm right. I had
3: somebody trying to describe to me what anger was they put the, the Webster dictionary dictionary <laughs> definition of anger to me to justify why him slaughtering a fucking can I curse on here slaughtering a village <laughs> men women and children non-combatants was justified and I was like are you serious even even went so far as to talking about my military status like they got to the point of saying that I wasn't a real marine because I didn't see what are you Like a marine is (laughs) literally deployed. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Oh my god. I I, I can't imagine the 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 headcanon you have to wrap yourself around to be in that space, to even to even frame those words that come out of your mouth. Like that's powerful. That's powerful.
0: Another thing that kind of comes to mind, um (laughs) uh Monty in the chat, British accents also means villain. No, <laughs> so many, my except for God. Ewan
1: McGregor. Except for Ewan McGregor. That's except true. for
0: except for Space Jesus. Um,
1: <laughs> but sorry, it, I shaved my beard. I would have had the cosplay. <laughs> uh
0: no, what what, what kind of comes? Uh, well, the first thing I thought of was like when you see how ragged Saul looks, and you're like, "Well, if black don't crack, how much stress is he under if he looks like that?" <laughs> you know, like. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he doesn't have an age but if he's only as old as Forrest he was only like 50 <laughs> Yeah, he's one, he has been through it
0: shout out to Forrest Whitaker some things. <laughs> you know but I I also think um, because there, there's a lot of things that are that other media also just portrays to us often you know like there's always the the cop who's a, a renegade who is like breaking the laws and breaking the rules and like their their commanding officer is like put your badge on my desk give me your badge and your gun and they heroically still investigate and like break laws but it saves the day so it's okay <laughs> uh, and, is- and i feel like that mentality also flows into like whoa this is what i'm used to seeing so so now it's okay I, I know it's. Just... I blame uh, all
1: cultural problems on Dirty Harry. I really do. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good movie that really fostered a, a trope of like, hey, this absolutely unethical individual has the right idea and is validated in any choice that they do moving forward. And what's their credential that they're? Sorry, you know what? I'm actually going to rein myself in from how political I was about to be just then. I'm gonna tone that down I know I'm pretty sure if I would agree but I'm still gonna tone it down <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: yeah I guess something that's actually been kicking around in my head um I'm gonna go back to Rose Tico because I always do um and Padme actually um I I think what I feel very um very frustrated by is the idea that we have these characters that are really rooted in like compassion and care and empathy and like those characters are treated like uninteresting or they're they're treated as stupid for being compassionate. Um, And I think that's something I think a lot about. As I I reflect on how people look at these characters and who is given grace and who isn't, you know? I I think a lot about how people will bend over backwards. You know, we've kind of gone over it a bit, but people will bend over backwards to make every excuse for Anakin um, under the sun. Like, they will argue you into the ground about, like, how nothing is ever Anakin's fault. Um, But somehow it is, like, Padme's fault that like she didn't do more to like <laughs> stop like Anakin but Anakin's not responsible for any of the things that he actually did so or, like,
2: like Padme is stupid for being compassionate towards Anakin ignoring red flags and but when when Luke does it when Luke is compassionate and forgives right, him
3: right. he's a hero that's, and
2: we love that and it's like That's a
3: big one. And that's then what's one.
2: the difference between those two characters? Hmm.
3: Because I had to challenge my own self about that. Cause I made that same argument about Padmate, and somebody pointed out the same thing, and I was like, shit. <laughs> I had to challenge myself, like, wait a
0: minute, right? I'm being biased. I'm being biased. I need to back up.
2: Well, it's so I mean I, made, say- I made
0: a joke about it. Um, and I was absolutely kidding. But like the people that the joke invited into the comments, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh, you mm-hmm. got to be careful. Oh, yeah. We're you on know? this side
3: of TikTok. Oh, yeah. what, what
1: happened? You know, <laughs> I think that brings up a great point about what happens to nuance online is that um, the way that like every website algorithm works from Google to YouTube to TikTok is that it rewards like uh, it rewards extreme opinions that you agree with so you know like we put it if i put out a take everyone who finds that take who agrees with it strongly or disagrees with it strongly you're going to be the ones that make that blow up and it's more likely to be agreed with or disagreed with if i'm very absolute in that take the less nuance i have the more likely it is to blow up and all of the all of the youtube accounts that blew up during the the sequel trilogy were the ones providing the least amount of nuance because they had the most opportunity for people to agree or disagree and I think that's I think that's the biggest place for nuanced dies is through the reward of an absolutist take online.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is it is so rewarded that it it hurts me. And like it's like I could be a full-time content creator if I just if I just gave in to the dark side. Oh, boy. It... oh. <laughs>
2: That's oh, what I boy. was I was like, if I just made <laughs> If I sat there and just every week put out a video that was like Rogue One is the most underrated Star Wars movie, underrated masterpiece, I could be doing numbers. I could be doing numbers, but instead, I want to sit there with my my nuanced Rogue One (laughs) uh, takes and my lengthy discussions on the film, and people don't like. I relate.
3: (laughs) I relate to the dark side, and I found myself defending the Jedi Order during that era and i was like no i don't even want to be doing this but here i am making <laughs> arguments for yoda making arguments for obi-wan and that's not even that's not who i am
0: <laughs> but Holy moly. Like they're wrong but you're not gonna, you're gonna do them like that you know like
3: i'm like wait i don't i'm like wait it's not obi-wan's fault that he didn't recognize the fact that he was basically training an egotistical uh genocidal maniac that's he had no clue. He's he, he was he was a child himself, and I'm, I step back and I'm like, I don't even. <laughs> so man, I was like, it, I'm 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 talking about how people like. Well, if they'd have just made him the rank of master, what do you mean? Why would they make him the rank of master? Why would they do that? They, yeah. they had no placate reason to do him. that at that point. Just
1: placate him. No. <laughs>
4: It's wild. People are just are more willing to accept that the Jedi are responsible for their own genocide than like um, the fact that Anakin was a grown man, grown man. <laughs> that made the decisions that he made um, and led him down this path. You can you can accept that there are things that were happening in Anakin's life that were. Um, awful and traumatic and traumatic, i'm sorry right? that he had the life that he had um but like ultimately you are responsible for your <laughs> own turned, actions turned delight. <laughs> I
3: turns to light i'll read <mean>, the comments
1: <laughs> well yeah anakin's a cautionary tale and i think i wonder if some of the defense for him is people identifying too much with that cautionary tale and not wanting to learn the lesson because the cautionary tale of anakin is that he he didn't ask for help but he kept secrets like the biggest mistake that he makes in the Clone Wars is the choice to make these keep these secrets and and also to um, chase ambition um, or not Clone Wars, attack of the clones and his combination between ambition and secrecy um, really drive him all the way to, to Sidious and mm-hmm. that's that's something that toxic masculinity would never let a man confront like hey you know if you ask for help and if you let go of your need for ambition, you can live a happy life. If you let go of the need to be a Jedi master and just be a Jedi, you know, if you let go of the need for secrecy and just ask your, your friend Obi-Wan for help,
0: mm-hmm. these things
1: can be solved very easily. they but instead we lack that these things that men are taught toxically to latch onto and take pride in um are are the things that, you know, the cautionary tale of uh the cautionary tale of Anakin would would tell them to let go of
0: it's it's funny because it wasn't until like recently and I'll, I'll say within the last i don't know three years um that i've been able to cry <laughs> because you don't ever cry right <laughs> and you know i'm proud of, i was proud of the fact like no man i just take these feelings and i just crush them like a like a goddamn man and you're like oh that's probably not good <laughs> that's
3: not good
0: at all that, that's why women live longer
3: 100 <laughs> 100 that is why women live longer
0: also we do stupid shit
3: just do exactly stupid shit.
1: <laughs> we don't know when to quit don't know yeah. when to quit
0: listen me and my friends we used to drive around town find bushes and jump into them um are you trying to tell me that that was not a rewarding pastime because i learned lots of life skills in there onto <laughs> don't jump reading... too deep into it if it's a thorn bush <laughs> oh, no. don't jump out of moving cars uh i learned i could do backflips that was cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, we're, we're well, still... i
2: know we're it's so interesting too when you bring up like the toxic masculinity too because i feel like I almost feel like maybe too that's why in some cases a lot of these people are more willing to forgive Anakin as well and to just kind of accept that final like not saying that that's bad but like kind of accept that final but then when you look at like they're they're still mad at Bo-Katan even though Bo-Katan has openly said that she regrets her actions she is clearly living with the consequences of it but she's still an entitled bitch who wants to roll Mandalore (laughs) like (laughs)
1: Bo-Katan's an incredibly sympathetic character to me. Like, I Mm -hmm. I have not watched the cartoons. I only have uh, seen her through a portrayal in Mandalorian. But Mm -hmm. from everything that I've been given, it's this is this character who was raised with ideals and systems and expectations. Not unlike, you know, toxic masculinity and patriarchy. Not unlike, you know, religious expectations. Actually, very literally religious expectations. And Mm -hmm. this is a person who, there is a sympathy there, even if this person is ultimately a bad person, ultimately makes some pretty objectively bad decisions in the end. I don't know. I don't have the context. We don't know where the story is going yet. But even if these things are true, I do sympathize with what brought her to this point and the expectations, ideals, and upbringing that were out of her control that have shaped this road.
0: Right. I, I... Man, I love that take a lot because that's that's really the the crux of it is she was raised to believe that this is what success means. This is what strength means. This is how things should be. You guys are all doing it wrong. Right? And so she overthrew her sister um and succeeded in, in in all the rules. And what happened? A Sith Lord became ruler because they because having the best fighter rule the planet is a crap idea. Might and might, like, right, might not be the best. <laughs> oh, I never thought about this like that. Um, and then after that, it's just damage control, and and I, I love that right. for for that's once you achieve that, your idealism, and then you realize, oh, this was rotten at its very core. What do right. you do? And you know, we, we see her dealing with that. And that makes for an awesome character. That makes for a complex yeah. character.
3: Yeah, and that's, that's,
2: what, that's sad too, because like then so many people just write it off because they're not willing to examine it. Or like I found too, like a lot of people take, they take what they've heard about Bo-Katan or saw or whatever other character online, and then they run with that as their point without actually checking to see if that's what the media is telling us. if that If right. that is what their actual story arc is
1: right well the horrible thing that i this is going to sound incredibly unnuanced, but i worry that it's really the case is that i think there just are a lot of people who jump at the opportunity to finally have found that you know that b-i-t-c-h that that woman who's ah see this is the one this is the the Nazi. this is the exactly what i've been saying Women are like all along, and they're not gonna look further than that because they feel the success of having found that example. Cause that's the that's the discourse I see around Bo Katan a lot. And I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't add up to me. It's the same discourse that happened like in a different way, but a similar tone around Carol Danvers in Marvel. It's like you just decided, like, ah, I I recognize this about the the type of woman I've always said was out there somewhere, and she's it. And I refuse to look further. You can't make me. It's my opinion.
0: Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's uh I, I mean I mean when it comes to like Carol Danvers, I I know how many of those same people that hate her like Goku.
4: <laughs> you know? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I don't know, there's just, there's, but, but uh, again, that's the same, it's, it's the same, it's the same take just over and over again, and it's just funny how often it's happened and how, like, it took me a long time to even notice it, and then I start looking backwards, so, when it comes to the term, like, Mary Sue, for instance, um, you mean Batman? (laughs) with prep time is absolutely <laughs> no man he wins because he knows 146 martial arts so I'm like that doesn't make, make him 146 time, that, that, yeah. what does that even mean to you he <laughs> you knows so many <laughs> how many different ways can you throw a punch like, I don't <laughs> Oh, but first time I, I remember hearing that was used for Ahsoka when she first came out and then um Second time, because I I was, you know, reading the expanded universe books, and I was on the Force.net back in the day. I realized this was being used a lot for Mara Jade, and then in those books, you know, spoiler alert: Mara Jade dies, and my favorite character, Jaina Solo, they started saying about her like, oh. I used to like Jaina, but now she's she's becoming like Mara Jade and like a Mary Sue. And then <laughs> it also happened again the day that uh, Cara Dune joined. I don't know if you remember that, but you know she fights Din and essentially beats him. And people were pissed. <laughs> There's so many headlines. Oh man, you have your guy in armor he gets beat up by this girl. And you're like, Yeah, Yeah. now the same people praise her. It's it's just would have happened
1: in real life too. She would have iced him in real life. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like how do you not look at that and go? Doesn't matter the armor. That she's (laughs) taking him down. That
2: I mean, I I feel like Mary Sue at this point to me is just it's become one. I mean, it's sexist, and I just I will not. I don't take it anymore. But like, it's just become to be woman who is good at things um fennec shand is a mary sue because she beat cad bane ray is a mary sue because she could kind of hold up in a fight against kylo uh i I don't know Jin is a mary sue because she can take out 10 stormtroopers whatever it is just but,
3: but by their arguments we have male characters who are mary sues and we don't bat an eyelash
1: yeah, right. Because think- it's somehow it's it's somehow okay that Sherlock Holmes knows everything and can also box and fence. So annoying.
2: <laughs> but Ray can Ray can hold a saber. So that's where the how
1: dare she? How dare she? We saw her with a stick the entire movie. Those are not the same thing. How I dare that- you say a stick is a lightsaber.
4: I think the thing with Ray that always like blows my mind is like she's literally a scavenger and like has like dealt with like machine parts like her whole like life and people right. could not accept that she could figure out how to like work how a ship how like, to bypass right? the hyperdrive
3: like right yeah. like it
4: makes no sense to me because i'm like you based on like what we have been presented about this character it absolutely makes sense and
3: han is yeah. not a mechanic that is not that's not in his makeup so he would not know that's that's right that's perfect he would not know han, well wait a minute you could do like, that han that. being
0: bad at fixing the falcon is his plot line <laughs> yes
3: oh yeah han, han
1: being bad at everything except for smiling his way out of problems is the character of han solo f- from moment number one.
0: <laughs> oh, also so someone uh in the chat um asad shield uh, uh shaheed um reminded me of a video i've been meaning to make I was tricking the whole, so I made a video recently about uh, Daredevil popping up in No Way Home and getting everyone's reaction to it. And a lot of people are, that was, that was, that's a trap. Uh, I wanted to see people's reaction first because I want, I can't wait to point out that, yeah, it was unearned by Spider-Man. It was random. Uh, it takes you out of the movie. Mm. It was unnecessary. It was great. I loved it. It's the same thing as the A4 scene mm-hmm. in Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. It's, the same, it's the same thing. The difference is, because I had people in my theater looking over at me like, "Who? who is that? What is this? What does that mean? And, you know, this that was put in there for the people who knew the character, who watched the Daredevil show. It was put in there for them if you didn't watch it it wasn't for you and that's okay same same thing
2: yeah
0: i see the same thing yeah
2: yeah and i think i had to come
3: off my high horse about that end game scene because i see the comment about that the end game scene where they the women come together and there's the girl power moment i remember being so frustrated not because because i just felt like captain marvel could have just took in the fucking thing and just flew like she did i felt like the moment was needed but i had to remind myself that that moment wasn't for me that mm. wasn't that wasn't put there for me it's time for me to step back i've been watching male characters through this whole movie do their thing this scene was made specifically for a specific audience and i can step the fuck back and shut up for 5 minutes
2: I mean, because yeah. there's legitimate critiques of that scene. I think that scene is a great example. Oh, absolutely. Of, yeah. hey, Marvel, you shoved all these women on screen. None of them have interacted. How many of your, I don't yeah. love the Bechdel test, but how many of your movies pass the Bechdel test? Tell me how right do, now, quickly. How do these characters know each characters other? For more than five minutes. <laughs> but for me, even as like a woman, like I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was really hyped by that scene. I really, the first time I saw it, I enjoyed it. And I... No, now like looking back to it, it's like, I can't help but think of all those, like the little girls who are gonna look at that and be like, oh, that's so cool. Like there's like all my favorite characters like together. And like, that's, yeah, that, like that's who that scene is is for. And you can talk about how it's unearned because you know, Marvel doesn't do that great with female characters, but while also acknowledging how important well, the thing, that scene is. 100%. The, the wild thing is that there's like,
1: another very like the only the movie beforehand had a completely earned woman power scene like that no one's ever complained about on the battlefield in Wakanda when they're mm. like I love that moment no one ever brings up like ah oh, they're all on screen together it's because it isn't a splash panel moment it's why did the women get their splash panel right and I, I have an issue with that moment that is an issue I actually have with several parts in the battle in endgame which is a I used to direct uh, theater and my issue is strictly spatial. And it's the same problem I have with Ant-Man during that fight, where I'm like, where is Ant-Man? He is in several places. <laughs> it does not make sense. <laughs> and and I have, uh, there's a couple other characters, just like, the only time where anybody, like, makes sense is during the glove handoff scene from Barton to um, T'Challa to, to, to Spider-Man. That's the only time where people, where they are on the battlefield makes any sense. And my complaint was... That I felt that the that like this is such a big moment of these women all being on screen. I was like, Marvel, you could have spent two more days in the green screen putting them in that place physically. Because yeah. I was like, but that it was it's the same exact complaint I had with Ant Man. I'm like, how do you get there from there? How did she get there from there? But that's that's a complaint I have with the whole fight, not just that moment.
0: I keep seeing like, why is Ant Man regular size here and he's big over there? <laughs> and he's on the same screen twice. <laughs> What, what What is this? The no, escape R- from reality film says it's fair to say it's unearned, but we need to bring that energy with everything. Also sometimes cool unearned moments should just be allowed. And I, I agree with that. And that's, that's one of the whole purposes of the conversation is that's, that's the nuance. I, I can, right. I can, you know, eat a sandwich and be like, Oh, I don't really like this. I would have used this type of cheese or I would have replaced this with this. And it doesn't mean that this is trash. And i should hate it you know like there is (laughs) we we can we can uh, we can adjust and if you hate this thing here and not there then what why you know that's that's
1: why is it good versus bad hate versus love why can't it be i like this thing it can still be better you know yeah oh
3: that was my whole my whole take on my last couple videos about the spin right the spin that we all know fell into (laughs) just raw civil war and the the comparison between uh din's spin versus the spin that we saw
0: um from uh oh, what is his name the mod the modern yes uh i want to say criff but i know that's not it we, <laughs> okay, i we, can't remember the, his name the,
3: the, the like i understood that the spin was silly right i understood why it was there i understood who directed it who decided to keep it i just felt that <laughs> The way it was shot could have been a million times better, right? But I understand I understand scad. people's right to critique what they love, right? And I also understand that some people who are going to take, it was scad. Some people who are going to, some people want to hide their prejudices, prejudices in critiques. And I understand mm-hmm. that that's also going to happen. A
4: hundred,
2: yes. Even how I feel when so many men do this, they go, well, I just want to see well-written female characters. You're just being sexist. Clearly, all thing. the things you just listed are sexist. But sure, hide behind you want to see well-written female characters, and then ignore the women and or like in your comments who are saying, "Well, I thought that they were well-written, or I really identified with their character." And you you are a man, so you might have missed some of these like nuances <laughs> that really make me identify with her. I feel right. like that happens quite no. a bit with Ray, and also I I could say bo because I know like like a lot of women uh, really. Like, connect with Bo Katan. Um, but, like, yeah, like that, it bothers me all the time. It's like, people hide these, like, and it's, I think it's the same thing with, like, you could just say any other diversity. I want diversity, but I don't want it to be forced. What does that mean? Want, what does that mean? I want the right person. I want the right mean? person I want to make sure well, the right the,
3: person the, gets hired. I love they, that. One. They I, want we everything have to make sure consumable. the right person gets the job.
1: They want everything consumable under a white context, the same way men want women consumable. Through a patriarchal context, like it's why it's why for white audiences, Green Book is acceptable racial media, while Do the Right Thing isn't. You know, it's because it delivers it in the context of whiteness versus in the context of humanity, or God forbid, the context of blackness. Um, I have a really big hot take about how people take in different types of strong, you know, female characters and what they find acceptable. And I've been like debating making a TikTok about this, but I I think that I, if you look at the pattern of when men say, oh, I'm not sexist, I like these other strong female characters that I've approved of, they're all female characters that get delivered to the audience as sexual consumables at some point or another. Um, hmm. Ripley at the end of the first Alien, Leia in all of the trilogy movies, but specifically in Return of the Jedi. Um, uh, the one that made me think of this was mm-hmm. um Metroid Samus. Samus is deli- delivered in the bikini at the end of the first game. Um all of these characters, mm-hmm. uh Sarah Connor gets a sex scene in one movie and scantily clad in the second movie, even if it's like it's strong, clad. sexy clad, but still like it's 1980s version of Xeno Warrior Princess. Um, and men approve of these things because it's femininity being delivered to them as women the consumable object and the hot take i have there is that men these men will say well of course i support strong women they can sleep with me whenever they want mm-hmm.
2: i think to um, add on to that i've noticed mm-hmm. that too it's a lot of times when women have if they're not presented in a more sexual context it's when they, they have more masculine traits i find that a lot with um A lot of men say oh well I like Jin Erso and I'm like okay but like Jin Erso has a lot more masculine traits than someone like Ray even down to the way that she dresses in almost the exact same way as her male lead Mm -hmm. so like it's like that like because they they see more of the masculine traits then that's a, a good thing even though like I could argue that like that ignores a lot of like the vulnerability in certain characters who have more masculine traits but like that's that makes them comfortable and then yeah they think that like oh well because like i or maybe they can identify with them more and then that's a good female character but then someone who isn't like ray who kind of falls outside of like the you know either sexualized or a more masculine female character is
1: exactly femininity can only come if it's consumable for a man but Ray or no. Yeah, Ray, Carol Danvers and Wanda Maximoff all allowed to keep their femininity without ever being ever being <laughs> presented to the audience as um as a consumable for men. Um specifically like the one that gets close to being, you know, masculine or like losing their femininity you might think is Carol Danvers, but she's presented sapphic, like very sapphic. Mm-hmm. Um which is a A multi-thousand year old presentation of femininity so
4: yeah and another another character i think about too is ahsoka um Mm -hmm. because i remember the early days of ahsoka because if we want to talk about being in the trenches defending a character like (laughs) uh people hated her like hated Ahsoka in the early days and it's because people really hate uh not all people but you know uh certain men in the fandom um really hate teenage girls uh and that is real and like in the early in the early days of Ahsoka uh both in the movie which I admittedly also didn't love um and (laughs) the first season of the Clone Wars um ahsoka was very much a teenage girl and she like very much acted the part and it really wasn't until they kind of gave her more of like a warrior persona in like later seasons that people Mm -hmm. loved ahsoka all of a sudden Mm -hmm. um but but yeah it is um it's really interesting to me what feels like digestible um to people uh yeah, but I think about Ahsoka a lot in that way.
0: And and I I also think when it comes to Ahsoka, um, things that made it easier is just her being surrounded by stronger male counterparts, you know. And yeah. so I'm I'm really curious on how the Ahsoka show is going to be treated because she's always played second fiddle to. Whoever is with her in the story, and I, I'm just, I'm just really curious to see how how the fans are going to deal with that.
4: I have just like a little small hot take about like the Ahsoka show, and I will just say that um, I don't know who is going to be in the show officially or whatever, but whether it's rumored or confirmed or um, what have you, but the thought that Anakin will be in the show actually upset me. Like, I was actually kind of bummed about it. And I feel like a lot of people were so excited. And I was just like, I really want Ahsoka to be able to be her own person away from Anakin. That is what I would love to see. I would really love to see that at some point. I can understand that. Um, It
0: didn't upset me until I went on YouTube and didn't watch any videos on it. But in all the thumbnails for the videos, she was, like, in the background in the corner on something representing her own show. Mm -hmm. And it just felt weird. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel like, yeah. And I feel like that's a really real thing. I mean, and that's kind of valid also because, like, you know, we've seen some Book of Boa Fett a little. Like, you know, he was the star. And then as soon as Din and Luke showed up, immediately he was the back he was not his own I've had similar fears about Andor and and people saying they really want the ghost crew in it I feel like that's an immediate way to to shove Cassian to the back of his own story when like like you're saying like he has played I mean he's only been in one thing it's a little different than Ahsoka but like he has only played second fiddle to K2SO. <S-O-> K2SO. That's also That's also why I was actually happy that they said K2SO was not going to be in the first season. I'm like, great. Cassian can shine on his own in this show then. That's cool. But like, yeah, it's like Cassian has only played second fiddle to like Jin or um, I guess just Jin uh, and like they deserve their chances to like really stand apart and, and have their own stories without their attachment to like i feel like in the case of like both ahsoka um being played by rosario dawson it's like white people
4: Mm -hmm.
1: well the other thing that gets like really frustrating is you worry that these writers the writers are gonna fall on the crutch of the character that they feel the most confident about like i feel i feel very much like again very much feel like that's what happened with boba fett it's like Hey, we have all of these options for where to take this character. We're, we're excited about all of these options, but we know Mandalorian. So when in doubt, hey, we'll just as long as we can get to those Mandalorian episodes, we'll be good. And because yeah. that's that's when the show felt like it fully found its identity is when it switched to a completely different protagonist. It's like yeah. yeah, and it's like it's like okay, so does that. You worry, but as a writer, I can say that that's something that, you know, writers do sometimes do, where it's like, hey, you know, I'm not fully confident about this character, I I know that the plot points are there, we'll just make the story revolve around this plot beat, and then this following plot beat, but then you suddenly get the side character that you were really excited to have the whole time, and the show comes to life. Like, that's a very, that's a very normal thing for a writer to do, and you worry that that's gonna be the same thing with, like, Ahsoka and, and, um... Anakin where it's like okay they're not gonna know what to do until suddenly Anakin comes around because that's who they really wanted to write the whole time
0: right yeah it's uh I mean speaking of of that there's I mean there's a lot more things to to consider when it comes to these depictions because yet and I made a video about this a little bit earlier because a you have people who like We typically see this happen against, you know, people of color and and women, um, any marginalized group. Um, And I think when you call it out, you know, the lack of nuance leads people to believe that you're saying that we just hate all of these people. And that's not true. Um, If you call out, you know, sexism in the service community, people think it means that, Oh, you're saying I hate all women, but I like these women characters. Therefore, it cannot be true. And you're like, no, no, sexist people can have wives and daughters. They, just, they probably don't treat them well or have very specific expectations of them that are problematic. But it doesn't mean you hate. Like you, they're. It's not mutually exclusive. And yeah. when it, so so that's just just one aspect of it. And like you said, in the writers' room. If you have someone who is more comfortable writing this type of character, or they don't understand the nuance of writing that type of character, um, some of these characters don't get super well developed. Um, I've seen people that complain that the fan base often ships male characters together. And I'm like, obviously, you didn't develop any female characters. They don't. <laughs> There's no emotional ties to anyone. So obviously, sure. they're going to. You're gonna ship those ones together. Yeah.
1: Um I feel like then, the Marvel universe all the way up through, you know, until we got more from Wanda. It was more like, who do you want to see with Black Widow? Because they're, they're unless you were going to ship two men together, you didn't have other options.
0: Mm-hmm. And and Black Widow, and they even kind of joked about this, but they they wrote her personality to be whatever the was necessary for the for the guy's development. She was like, yeah. Yeah, I was just about to say, whoever she was on screen with yeah. at the moment.
2: She had no
1: she agency. S- Swiss army knife of femininity, as seen by men. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think people miss that a lot when they talk. Like, I love Leia and I like Padme, but like, I feel like people do miss that, like, a of their point was they were on like Padme for sure. She was there to develop Anakin's character, yeah. and you you can see that most clearly in Revenge of the Sith, where any agency that she had, any gone personality traits, any ambitions of her own that we've been told that she hasn't shown that she has are gone. And and the yeah. plot about her forming the rebellion is cut out because we don't have.
3: Time she to that was a that. teenager that held her own in the Senate. I'm just like, how do we? How do we just graze past that? How powerful mm. this person was at such a young age, how much responsibility that she had to hold at such a young yeah. age. It's the,
1: uh, the conflicts that they would be feeling and the priorities that she would have in these situations all get sidelined for the development of, you know, the wife or a
3: creepy boyfriend.
0: Well, so, <laughs> right. so she's like, they're all chained up. Her immediate mean, thing is like, all right, I have this already escaped i'm, I'm up prepared. here like she's just like she's already kicking butt uh, already whipped out guns and is taking people down dies of sadness <laughs> dies she of dies sad. of
1: a 19th century ailment and
2: are like well she loved anakin i was like yeah she also loved being a senator
1: <laughs> you like, well, you know, alive. she wasn't a I senator was like, anymore. Maybe she died at that sadness.
2: I was like, I got
1: voted out of office.
2: Other things. And like, as much as I love Leia, like most of her development comes through a romantic relationship with Han. Yeah. That is the, the biggest role that she has. And being kind of like at the beginning, this like tension between Luke and Han. Like that is so much of her character. And I think that, uh, the Padme books and the Bloodline and Leia, Princess of Alderaan are prime examples of how these female characters can flourish when female female writers are writing them. When you put that, when you have somebody who understands those, those nuances and, and cares for these characters and seeing them being built up outside of their relationship with men and outside of their connection to other men.
0: Leia just watched her planet die was tortured and then then watches her planet die and then she's like oh luke you you lost that old hermit that you you knew for like an hour and a half
1: let me i got your you
0: back poor guy let me give you a hug
1: hey Everybody talks about moments that they dislike in Star Wars and the prequels and the uh, and the sequels. But I'll actually tell you, the I think my most cringy moment in Star Wars is in my favorite Star Wars movie. I think my two favorites are Last Jedi and Return of the Jedi. And in, in Last Jedi, I have always hated the moment where Leia goes and like comforts Han or something. Like it's the, right before the he's my brother moment where she's like, I think Luke's OK. Yeah, I've just got this sudden feminine sense that all of the men around me are all right. You know, (laughs) you're like, and suddenly I was like, like, did she not care about anything else? Where's her? (laughs)
2: Like,
3: it's so weird. That that scene, that that conversation between Haldo and Poe like the the initial i know who you are fly boy though it just came off kind of sexual to me like i don't know who wrote that and i don't know if they intended for it to come off that way but it seemed like she wanted to sit on his face like it didn't sound like as somebody who's gotten their ass chewed out by a commanding officer for fucking up i know what that conversation sounds like and it does not sound like that person wants to sit on my face like i just i don't like who wrote that because i just i don't feel like it was a woman who wrote that 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 scene
1: I think it was someone who didn't have a lot of experience in aggressive managers, or, or um, in um, commanding officers either, uh, because it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's, I think it, that that is a complaint I have with Last Jedi, because it doesn't feel like a moment of reprimand, nor does it feel like a moment of education. It feels right. like this weird thing in the middle. Like when you're being reprimanded by a manager or a, a, a commanding officer, and tell me if I'm wrong. They don't care if you have more information, and they don't care no. about giving you a lesson. They're going to ream you, and you're going to be sent to your punishment. Um. And so that that moment, I was like, I was like, is she giving him a lesson, or is she reaming him? Because it doesn't feel like either, quite. <laughs>
3: yeah i could talk about that I, just, I i didn't understand i didn't understand that relationship especially the way we get so poe like poe is sold as like this ace pilot but he's like the guy right and then i don't he all of that kind of just falls to the wayside and he kind of just becomes this idiot like well and, he's, and a, he's i don't an know ace if he pilot, was always a to be the idiot like if he was always he into, but like pilots are very smart very battle oriented like human beings you're not just put anybody in a cockpit and you wouldn't sacrifice people for the sake of a small victory that just Mm -hmm. that's just not how pilots operate so to watch to have that and i guess that's a a headcanon for me because i i I know real pilots so to Mm -hmm. see poe be whittled away to that in my opinion simply to kind of i guess engineer the scene where holdo has to reprimand him reprimand him is like well i feel like we could have got here there's a better way we could have got here because now he just seems like an idiot. And then he he tried to fucking, he tried to stage a mutiny. in me. I was like, oh It was oh the stupidest thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, 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 and And they, I, I don't know, I don't know. I guess we can leave that up for conversation because the Poe Dameron that we got in The Force Awakens just didn't feel like the Poe we got in The Last Jedi. Yeah. um,
4: Yeah, I think like um, a lot of that is definitely valid i think when i think about um sort of the character development between the force awakens and um the last jedi one I don't know we talked earlier about like how a lot of us because of our lived experience we kind of imprint our experiences like on the people like on on the people and the characters that we see and we just didn't see a whole lot of poe honestly in the Mm -hmm. four straight like um i think we made a lot of assumptions on very little about poe and i'll even agree like when i when i watched the last jedi the first time i was just like Bro, I thought you were better than this. <laughs>
0: like, I, I wanted better for you. Well, he died originally. He, he yeah. died in the plane yeah. crash. Yeah. But they
1: found him so charismatic. They're like, we gotta, we gotta keep bringing this guy back. This guy tests too well.
4: Yeah. Um. So. So yeah. I. I guess there's some of that, and then I think the reason why I have a little bit of grace for how. Kind of the weirdness and clunkiness and how poe is written is because mm-hmm. essentially the core of the whole story is about how all of these different people fail at like the things that they are trying to do and that's sort of the point um i think that the way that they get there with some characters maybe um aren't perfect um right. but i but i think that um all of the characters needed to be able to fail um and i thought that was great and i really had wished that they had followed through with something better following that movie but you know i'll keep my my opinions on the rise (laughs) of
0: skywalker i mean the the place it comes down to me is that all of star wars is camp yeah and regardless of how good any part of it is they will be like okay we have to inject some camp in here you know what I mean like as serious as Empire Strikes Back which you know between Last Jedi and Empire those are my two favorite that's why Yoda is in there (laughs) they're like we can't have this be a straight movie and some people didn't didn't like that they're like there's a there's a Muppet on screen you know the We're hell is going Muppets on? on the screen. The, they're like the, the, the previous movie <laughs> was you know was was serious and now there's a muppet. And Kermit the frog is <laughs> is chilling. There. But um and, and so certain things like that don't draw me out because i i see it everywhere. You know what i mean? <laughs> oh wow. No disrespect to Kermit. Um, oh, no. look, <laughs>
4: <out the> <laughs> like his ears.
0: <laughs> what and anytime Ian McDermott is on screen, he just chews the scene up, you know, and it's the best. Well, he, but you're like, why I is that guy like so was, creepy? Like, I would have <laughs> figured out who the chancellor was because every time they it's like that guy is trying his hardest to not smile right now. Don't see that. Right now,
3: right, right now, yeah,
0: so creepy. <laughs> this man is evil.
1: Uh, I, feel like the, I feel like the entire Star Wars legacy telegraphed itself so much in the first movie. With it's, it, it was going always in this direction of camp with two things. First of all, everybody always says, oh, it's grounded because it's actually a Western. It's like, are you kidding me? Westerns are so campy. Have you never watched a Western? <laughs> the entire town goes inside so that two people can show down in the middle of the street and law <laughs> comes down to one man. That is ridiculous. It's a campy genre, so that's the first one. But the second thing is, they cast Peter Cushing in that first movie. They always knew they were going for a B horror, you know, campy ten-year-old audience because that man, that man was playing um, Van Helsing and you know werewolf movies and stuff. Like that's, there was never going to be a grounded, full, straight, serious game of thrones star wars (laughs) yeah
0: droids bickering in in the desert um yeah
2: fern made the point that like the only rogue one or the only uh, star wars movie that doesn't really come off as camp is rogue one and i would say the campiest part of that movie is krennic because he's just so over the top dramatic um but i and I, i wonder how much of like Rogue One, and that that being more of the gritty movie, has affected people's view of what Star Wars should be. Because I love Rogue One for what it is, but I also know that like, like Solo, it was trying to not be like the Skywalker Saga. It was trying to be a, a different kind of movie. It was a it's it's a more gritty war movie. That's its thing. Solo yeah. was a heist adventure movie. That's its thing. Mando was a, a western like it's that in the anthology stuff is not shouldn't be what sets the tone it's it's what breaks it it's what adds something new to the campiness that we've seen in in different ways um and yeah like as much as i like i love once again love rogue one but like the vader scene i think has given people like kind of the same like perception of like i we should have a very violent Rated R Vader movie, and it's like, it's, but that's not what Star Wars has. It's been. the Walking no.
3: Phoenix God. Joker of the Star mm-hmm. Wars universe.
2: Yeah, like that's not it's what Star the Wars. The
3: Walking Phoenix Joker. <laughs> it's like that's,
0: not what that's the that's
3: the last been. thing we need. That's the last thing Star Please Wars. Please, God,
0: made. no. Well, when when people say it, it I, I always kind of laugh because I'm like, all right, things get rated R because of language, sexual content, and 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 violence, and I'm like. The lightsaber cauterizes wounds, right? So it's not going to be like a whole bloody thing. It's Star Wars, so they don't cuss. They say, like, "criff" and stuff like that. So essentially, you just want Vader just banging people. like
1: Yes! You get it! That's what we've all wanted. You tell me you watched Last Jedi and didn't think, you know, they clearly cut out a steamy sex scene. Like, we have Eggie in the chat. She knows. Like, that, was, that was clearly on the cutting room floor, and we deserve it.
4: honestly i wish
1: that were true everyone knows the moment they decided not to kill poe he was going to be part of a thruple it's going to be poe and ray and finn beautiful little thruple great great polyamory on screen and they robbed us
4: give me the r-rated extended version yeah
2: (laughs) Like it's in the same way. Like, I don't know. Like I would never want like I I know Andor is gonna be gritty or whatever. I would never wanna see a rated R Andor. That's not what I want. Cause cause that just means that Cassian has to be saddled. <laughs> just means he gets nothing. <laughs> and, like, that's, that's what people, it's like the Star Wars two is supposed to have this like Joy and light in it, and like the main core message is hope. I don't want a depressing ass story where I just see Vader killing people for ninety minutes. Some people
3: That's not that.
2: Not Okay. The main messages of like hope and family and and love that that, that has always been at Star Wars core.
0: Yeah, who you can know, save us about- in
2: the future? Kind of thing.
0: So the Vader scene in Rogue One, which I, I love that scene, but like even that scene doesn't fit in the movie, really. No, not and at all. and to there. me, <laughs> what that what that feels like is in Inglorious Bastards. It feels like the propaganda like film in that movie oh, yeah. of the sniper. No, that's what, that's it, what was. it feels like. It feels like that's what it was. They end was up with just like pro Empire weird. propaganda.
2: It was added during reshoots. And I know they made a lot of changes, I think, for the better during reshoots. But, like, clearly that was not maybe something that they originally thought was so essential to the story. If they're adding it in after the script and stuff had already been,
0: been like, written. Like, the movie's over. And then they're like, but wait. Like, you know what would be cool? One. Let's add this.
1: That, that touches on my biggest curiosity, though. Like, my biggest curiosity is about the the newest wave of star wars is like i don't actually have a lot of i don't really have a lot of criticisms but i have a lot of curiosity about the projects we didn't get or the projects that didn't like meet their fruition the original way whether it's um what's his name who did uh, ford v ferrari almost gave us a boba fett movie or Mm -hmm. um Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, 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 Colin Trevorrow almost did uh, Duel of the Fates. Fates. Um, I really want to know what Gareth Edwards original Rogue One was going to end up like, partially because Gareth Edwards hasn't directed a single film since the reshoots of Rogue One. And I'm like, what happened to this man's artistic soul?
2: <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> been able to lead a movie since <laughs> it's, it's also interesting. It's
0: they they didn't work
2: for Andor, they went with Tony Gilroy, who was the uh, screenwriter. And I think also From, if I'm remembering, did the reshoots was really. He's he's the the writer of
1: Michael Clayton and he directed the reshoots.
2: Yeah, and I know, and I know that (laughs) from what I've heard, Cassian had quite a bit added in reshoots. So maybe they were like, yeah, we want the guy who. Yeah, this is the guy who, like. But yeah, it is interesting how they were like, how they just kind of went away. I mean, Garth Edwards still doesn't seem to be bitter because, like, he did an interview no. with Star Wars recently. He seems to still love it and, like, have a good time. But, yeah, this, I don't think he's done much since... I don't in know retrospect, if he's I'm good.
1: In retrospect, his Godzilla is my favorite of the new Godzilla movies. Like, I know there was a lot of problems with when we see it in theaters. We're like, oh, man, show me the monster. Stop cutting away. But, like, watching all three <laughs> of the most recent ones, like, back-to-back, I'm like, okay, this is actually... This is actually the best movie of them. And he's got a great eye. He's got maybe even two of them. And I want to see more.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, hey, hey, guys, one, the, one the last wife is flagging me down. I got to go put my daughter to bed. It's 10 something here. So I got to go. Yes. Uh, we, we, well, we are, we are
0: wrapping up right now. Uh, you want to oh. just uh, go ahead and uh, let us know where we can find you and your awesome content. And if there are any um, closing thoughts you got. Say it one more time. Oh, just where we can find you and your content, and if you have any closing thoughts.
3: Uh, I have to follow all of you guys now, Chaco. You know, I got you, uh, Emma. I think I just started following you. Um, I will find the rest of you guys. I am Inquisitor Akula, Inquisitor underscore Akula on TikTok. Um, and uh, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Um, I love Star Wars and. I love any stint of Star Wars that makes the universe that much bigger and fills in the gaps. And I, I'm one of the people that feel like, even though we love it, we can still have room to critique it. And I feel like we're kind of losing that mm. as Star Wars, no matter what side of the avenue you're on, if you're defending against the bigotry, if you're for the bigotry, I still think we should be allowed to critique, no matter what side of the avenue you're on, if you love Star Wars
0: beautifully said i i i agree I, I i hope we can quiet down the noise so we can actually have those conversations again because because i miss them you know and I, I have them here all the time so i appreciate y'all for, for coming out and all this stuff mm. um but uh yeah yeah so so we are gonna gonna wrap up and i, I apologize because i know you know nathan you you gotta go as, as well um
1: not i think my wife's already asleep I'll, I'll go
0: poker <laughs> wake up <laughs> but um yeah i mean we'll, we'll just go ahead and and wrap up with everyone um uh, natasha if you can uh, let us know where we can find you and your content and closing yeah. thoughts
4: yeah of course um so yeah again you can find me on TikTok. um it's nm nap so n m k n a p p um and on um twitter um and napper n-k-n-a-p-p-e-r um so you can find me on both of those uh platforms where i just talk about star wars and all kinds of other stuff um and i guess like closing thoughts um are just i just want people to care about compassionate characters as much as they do um you know, anti-heroes and other characters. That's all. i like, I just, I, um, I've really appreciated, I know there's like a lot of negativity and all this other toxic stuff, like in the, um, fandom space on TikTok and Twitter and all these other things. But to be honest, over the last couple of years, I've just found so many, oh yes, <laughs> so many incredible, um, content creators, um, who have just opened up my my mind to 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 think about Star Wars and other perspectives and um who have just been really committed to creating like safe spaces to have dialogues where we might disagree sometimes um and, and we are critiquing and you know sharing what we love in a way that just feels um really like beautiful and I, I think it happens more than more than it doesn't and yeah i want to i want to spend more time focusing on that and just like shouting out and blocking out like all the like haters and negative people and like giving them less attention um is my is my goal so uh yeah. beautiful thanks for having me
0: yeah thank you for coming on i it was awesome to have you um how would you nathan
1: uh you can find me on TikTok at the Favoring Wind, where I continue to talk about uh, just talking about story and movies. And I think the thing I want to leave people with is um, de deprogram and ask yourself why we we treat you know white male characters differently than we treat everybody else, and why the standard is different. Um, specific, most specifically in this conversation, why we seem to be giving such such a hard time to women unless women are presented to us as men um in a way that is patriarchally acceptable but uh don't don't hold people of color and women to a standard you wouldn't hold a white man to that is the that is the definition of supremacy and i, I look forward to continuing to talk about that in uh in the marvel franchise as dr strange comes closer <laughs>
0: yeah that's a big conversation that uh has been and needs to continue happening because people people are, are, are weird um say say wanda is more powerful than dr strange and see what happens <laughs> yes <laughs> which she is yes yeah confirmed. we know it um unquestionably last but certainly not least stardust m
2: Uh, You can find me on TikTok at StardustM or on Twitter at underscore StardustM. I have a lot less eloquent thoughts on Twitter, but it's a fun time. Um, And I think similar to Nathan, I just, uh, I encourage us all to give nuance to to fictional characters um, and people, but in this context, you know, characters think about, you know, yeah, why, even if you dislike a character, that's fine. But... Why, um, why do you not view their trauma or or story in the same way that you would view a white man's? Um, and, you know, uh, and also like in that term like follow other people who disagree with you, like not in the way that they like <laughs> make fun of you, but like uh, make sure to uh. You know get ga- gather the nuance by engaging with people who might have a different take than you I think um, and and be willing to listen to their opinions and and learn from them as you might expect them to listen and learn from you uh, and yeah and I think that's especially important with uh, some of the Star Wars shows coming up so
0: yes thank you so much um. Last thing uh, for me to say is that uh, this is I meant to say earlier, but I believe that kids are immune to camp. It happens. They see it on screen. They don't know it. They don't understand it. And then they just absorb it. And so anytime they re-watch it, they don't see it anymore. And then they grow up. And then the new thing comes out. And it has the same level of camp. But now they see it because that's not their camp. Anyhow. <laughs> Thank That's you guys once month. again for for coming out. Thank you everyone in the chat. Um, Montgomery Harris uh Asad. Um Miss Aggie had Element Seven in here, St. Pat, um Escape Reality Films. Uh we awesome people. I don't know if Fern is still hanging out here in the chat. Fern is amazing. Um Luke from the Pod Ones podcast so many amazing people, it's an amazing community. I love having these conversations. And that's like, these, these talks are what keep me going. Um, so I appreciate having more to keep going. Cal4, did I not mention Cal? Anyways, Cal4 <laughs> is great, <sighs> but that is the end. Thank you once again and may the force